oh my god hey what's up <laughs> i don't know now i just got all excited like i know we're chatting like before but now i'm like oh my god it's real no we're back we're back but also the rest we're of the reason i turned the sound on i was like hey like this is all really good stuff i think we should talk about it on the podcast no you're right you're right you're right because we have updates we have things we and have updates, updates and stories and changes and wow it's been since may right but like uh-huh. anywho i also want to talk about your really cute sweater and oh. we don't even need that in a disclaimer because it's like a pumpkin it's um, a jack-o'-lantern sweatshirt it's yeah, so cute and i and i was like either this is cat ears or it's a pumpkin because i could only see like the two triangles and then you showed it to me and i was like yeah yeah so, but disclaimers don't change, right? So the views and opinions expressed on this show are solely for entertainment purposes. These views and opinions do not reflect the views of our employers <laughs> and are not intended for legal diagnostic or therapeutic purposes. Well, Victoria, who's your employer? Myself, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Private practice. Woo-woo. Yes, 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 yes. We have everything. Um, yeah, no, private practice, full-time. Um kind of took a step down approach for my prior job um which step was down awesome. approach what was that yeah. <laughs> also known as jk lol like okay i left my job yeah. I, okay well no like right so like it was i put in my notice like for uh, i think i gave them like a two three month heads up and then it got to like the final stretch of it and they're like oh wait hold on ah, <laughs> so i made i was like i mean this is a you problem not a me problem so um, and no, so it actually worked out really well. Everyone was like really cool about the idea of just me doing a step down, like two full days on two half days and Friday totally off. And then I worked, you know, the other half private practice. And so it helped me to build up my practice a little bit more to the point that I am bumping. But you're and not working for them any longer, right? No, no, no. no okay. I'm I was out. like, did I'm I miss out. something? You had a last no. day. I thought you yeah, had a last yeah, day. Did yeah, that yeah, get canceled? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My last day, my 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 uh, second last day was October seventh. So it's been a few seconds, but um, I think my like I think my initial last day was like supposed to be September third, something like a month prior. But all good. Yeah, wowie. And I was telling Chris a little earlier. I was just like, Chris, like this is so nice. Like I can actually just do my thing and work and. I do my nails now and I blow my my hair and (laughs) I tear about my skin. What the fuck's that all about? And I get to watch pop culture shows and like actually like keep up with the times. It's so bizarre. And so that's not just my news. I imagine you also have news as well. Well, besides the fact that I also started private practice. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's not my biggest news. I I literally have a baby on my lap. She's here. She exists. She is in this world now, not just in my stomach. I love it. I love that. Because it's funny. I don't know about you, but I had people being like, people who listen to the podcast, because again, I still think that is a foreign concept, um, be like, did Chris have her baby? Did Chris have her baby? And I'm like, oh my God, that's so nice. And also like, wow. Stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have a baby. It's actually going to be her first Halloween. I'm really excited. Can I tell you what we decided? Did I tell you this already? (gasps) No. What are you doing? So we're all dressing up as gnomes because we call her Nomi. I also call her Nomo, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have like gnome costumes. Like I, we have little red hats and like, (laughs) that is really cute. Okay. And this baby is like, I know people say like, oh my God, your baby's so cute. But like, no, this baby's like actually cute. Like I'm not a baby person and I'm just like, She's got some personality in the eyes. She's got the cute chubby cheeks. She's got the cute little button nose. Like she's, she's really fat. I love her. I always <laughs> wanted like a fat baby and she's got like rolls and it's awesome. It's just like delightful. I got to see Chris actually, what, a month ago? A month and a half ago. Yeah. 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 That was, that was kind of funny. Because well, you were coming up anyway, and I, we didn't put two and two together that, like, Poconos is, like, 45 minutes away from where I live. So nope. it was just like, nope. oh, hey, did you want to connect? It was so <laughs> nice. And then you and I went to a winery twice. Second oh, time was, was chaotic, fun. but it was nice to see you on Adam's birthday. That was chaotic. Yeah, but it was so <laughs> nice to see you. And I'm, like, glad you came out. And, like, that made my day nice. Like, that was oh, a good weekend for me. And then you nice. and I had, like, the loveliest time 
I had a wine flight and then we shared a bottle of wine and I was like, God, I miss drinking A and I miss Victoria B. It was just like, I was like yeah. so happy. I was like sitting there like, I'm girls, so happy. Yeah. Our girls wine trip was lovely, peaceful, mm-hmm. overcast, yeah. got a cool breeze. I felt very and the, Yeah. And then the second time we went with our significant others and associates, it, I was like, it was Labor Day weekend, and there was thousands of people there. And like it no was exaggeration. Warm. Yeah, yeah, no exact. There was like I literally got out of the car and I grabbed the baby out of the car seat and I like left all the other crap with Alex. And I was like, I see an open table because like I, you could Run. just see people at tables, and I took it. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we pulled in, and so, oh, did I tell you the line for pizza was an hour? Yeah, like we yeah. waited in the line for about. 30 minutes and then we got to the front and they're like your pizza will be done in an hour and I'm like, like no sorry yeah. no so <laughs> and then like how do you get it you have to come back in an hour yeah, or like you stand fuck no anywho no. are you doing anything for Halloween because this is our Halloween yes. episode oh my god yes I am girl I am so goddamn excited so Adam and I are going to Connecticut we're gonna go spend <laughs> we're going yeah, to Connecticut <laughs> I love it <laughs> We're um, going to go to my dad's lake house for the weekend. I actually took Sunday off. So I work Sundays to Thursdays because that's how I like to rule my life. Um, so I took Sundays off. So we're going to. Only weekends. I'm going to be working weekends too. Yeah. I love it. I fucking love working weekends because it's just like, I already did my week. Bye. <laughs> also, um, to have a day off during the week was always so nice for me at least because like you can go to like your dentist appointment. You can go to the I store know. when there's not 9,000 people there. Like you can mm-hmm. drive around in the middle of the day when there's no traffic during rush hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's why. And I'm a night owl anyway. So my schedule is like noon to eight. So. Except for Sundays. Sundays I do 9 to 4 because I'd rather wrap up a little early. But yeah, no, it's lovely. So I have Fridays off. So we're going to – so Fridays are nice for me because I can kind of clean and pack and whatever. And then we can roll out. Adam can leave a little early. I can drive so he can do some work in the car. Um, Connecticut's only like three and a half-ish, not even hours away. So it's like easy drive. Um, so we're going to do that. And then – yeah, because he's actually never been to like where I live yet. So he's – yeah, so he, we're going to troll my old – hometownery yeah that's super exciting are you yeah. um so you're gonna go thursday through sunday will there be trick-or-treaters and stuff um so we're gonna go friday through sunday um i i don't know because halloween is on sunday so i'm not sure if like that area does like a saturday or if they like oh, yeah. halloween is halloween is halloween so yeah. i don't think so but i probably should get a bag just in case yeah, yeah, I did that too. And I honestly, I, I'm like in this like position where I'm like, am I going to end up eating all this candy, you know? Oh my God, please. <gasps> Let me tell you who is pulling their A game out this Halloween season. Who? Brock's Candy Corn. Okay, wait. Those motherfuckers redid their goddamn recipe. Really? That is some caramely goodness. Oh really? my okay. God. Adam's mom had... <laughs> She had, like, a candy dish out, like, yeah. of candy corn. And I was like, oh, I'll just eat one for old time's sakes. Yeah. Motherfucker, I was the one. I dumped <laughs> that shit into my – I cleaned that bowl out, like, day <laughs> And I was sitting, like, in the thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, partially ashamed and partially, like, curious as to what the hell just manifested. But I was Mm-mm. like, I need my own. So I went to Rite Aid and I bought a bag of the regular, a bag of the pumpkin. And I saw that they have the turkey – like, this turkey – Okay, I no. want to try that so bad. I read this thing. I think it was like on Instagram and it was like a story and it was like, this one tastes like straight up like grass. This one, like, you don't, it's just like saying like, these two flavors look exactly the same. So it's like Russian roulette with like, you know, barf flavor in your mouth. You know what? You yeah. know what? That might be good for my um, emetophobia folk. Like that might be good exposure. Okay, so different strokes for different folks. Thinking ahead. Um, thin line with Brock's. I'm just getting. I'm just getting back into it. So I don't know if I want to totally uh, do that quite yet. Yeah. But I do appreciate the hustle. Like, good for oh them. My gosh. Mm. Okay. Now oh. I'm like, I maybe I should go buy some candy corn. I I actually am one of those people who likes candy corn typically. <laughs> I, I would dabble. Like, I would do the polite handful yeah, and, me too. It and be like, yeah, I'm good for the rest nice. of the year. But it was nice, right? Yeah, yeah. You weren't like, this yeah. truffle. I was like, oh, it's really sweet. But, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't want to buy a bag. Yes. So, like, maybe I might buy a bag. I know you know I'm going to buy a bag. The bag was right by me. Oh, my God. <laughs> this bag was full a day ago, and it's like a third is left. 
Uh, 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 I don't have willpower. So anytime someone's like, do you want this thing? I'm like, yeah, I do want this thing. I'm like, oh, I have this nice pie. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get pie now. Like I follow this like dietitian <laughs> nutritionalist on Instagram. And she was like, buy the ice cream. Once you have ice cream in your house for a while, it won't feel so special and you'll get sick of it if you keep eating it. And I was like, that is false. That's false. Because that I, works for me. That actually works for me. me. I I have that tendency to have like aversion after I've had too much of something where I'm like, oop, that's that's enough. That's 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 okay. nice. So like pop tarts for my shit. Okay, no, I eat like a, an Eggo waffle every day for like three years straight with just like like the sugar free peanut butter, like not no, you know, just like the the Smucker's natural peanut butter, and I loved it, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "Do you get sick?" I'm like, "No, I don't get sick of it." Also, I could literally eat ice cream every day, which is what I did while I was pregnant, which is why I still am like, you know, I have extra forty pounds to lose. But I I was never feel sick of it. Like there are exceptions to the rule, so you're telling me maybe your exceptions, ice cream. Um, Right, ice cream. But no, but I eat variations of like things. the same thing all the time. Oh, like, actually, see, Alex was like, "You can you stop making so I, I make roasted vegetables a lot, you know?" But like, I recently just changed it up. Does because he not be- want fiber? Does he not want healthy metabolism? Hey, like, so so. But like, I do the same seasonings on the same types of vegetables every time. And Alex is like, "Can you?" And I was like, "Yeah, so I have." But but I literally like oh. I don't know. I've done this for years. Can I tell you a weird thing I used to eat? Yes, you can. Frozen it's, peas. Oh, and wait, not, like not, frozen? Like not from frozen, the even though I've heard that some people like those, but I literally would add frozen peas to like every meal or I'd like sometimes eat them by themselves because I was a weirdo. But oh I don't do that now, but like for years. You know what? This is a weird one and I'm a fan of it. This is this is a weird thing for me. Don't know how I stumbled upon it. Love it. Mac and cheese with Either stewed tomatoes okay, yeah, no, I like that too. or green beans. Like you okay. can't do it together, but like. Oh, mm. oh, no, no. I think you. Okay. So yeah, I don't add mixed vegetables, but I will do also baked tomatoes on top, like slices mm-hmm. with cheese sprinkled on top in the oven with the macaroni and cheese. Guys, did you know you were signing up for a food yeah. podcast? Yeah, no, 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 okay. All the ways you could modify. <laughs> okay. So let's transition to our crime, right? So we were going to surprise each other today. You said you were really excited. I was more excited about mine and then I did a deep dive like I watched a lot of little videos it was just it's pretty wild um so mine is like I think a little bit sadder than I expected um Uh, is yours uh, sad or is because if I'm sad I should go first and if yours is less sad I think the way I took it the way I toned it the way I lensed it um less sad Okay, I'm gonna so, go with less sad. So let Can me you go, go first? first because mine was kind of a bummer, and like I, it also like made this whole part of like my childhood a little bit different now. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? I'm so curious now. Well, I said I sent you this case. So okay, so my husband and I, you know, Alex and I, were talking, and he was saying something like, "Oh, this person I'm emailing back, her name is Jenny Jones," and I was like, "Like the talk show?" And he goes, <gasps> "What?" He goes, "No, no, you're thinking of something else. There was no Jenny Jones show." And I was like, "There's fucking a Jenny Jones show. Like, are you thinking oh. Jessica Jones, like the superhero <laughs> thing on Netflix?" Okay. And he's like, "No, there was." No. And I'm like, "He's like, there's no Jenny Jones." I'm like, "Yes, it's the Russian immigrant to me who is like the pop culture. Like, and also I used to love TV, so like I know about TV." Um, I appreciate. Alex's conviction for things always without the always support <laughs> yeah well you're wrong Chris I'm like why would you ever ever argue with me about tv but or pop culture references that, at all that's a very solid stay in your lane moment <laughs> it really is because like Alex literally moved from Russia and he like barely knows any like American things at all from like that whole time period and you know what that makes me excited for this because I know about it. Like I've heard snippets of it, but I don't think you I. Never watched Jenny Jones. No. No. Did you watch like Maury or Ricky Lake or even Jerry Springer? Jerry Springer, hell yes, Maury okay. occasionally, okay. but like I think we were more of a Jerry household just because <gasps> of the theatrics of the audience. Okay, you know? so the ambiance. Yeah. Okay, but okay, but Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones both went a little wild, and I loved them as a kid. So like my favorite things were like these makeover episodes. Okay, so let me let me get into this. Go, Go for it. So, I'm excited. So, I'm here for you. Jenny Jones ran for 12 seasons from September 1991. I was two to May 2003. So it was kind oh, of like shit, a, that long. Wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
It definitely should have ended earlier, but it ran for a long time. <laughs> so when it began, it was a traditional talk show. It was kind of modeled after Oprah. Um, ratings were low for the first two seasons, though. So then they transitioned to, like, these – and I'm quoting this. Oh, I'm going to tell you my sources – because Wikipedia, of course, Refinery29, Esquire, and then I also watched clips of Trial by Media, and it's a show from Netflix. Um, so this is either from the Esquire or the uh, Refinery29 article, but they said, uh, low ratings in early seasons led the show to pivot to voyeuristic, exploitative content expi- inspired by successes from talk show hosts such as Jerry Springer and Maury Povich, which is true. So so back in the day, like the very beginning, they were just like, yeah, here's our show. We're just having guests on da, 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 da. And then it turned to like paternity tests, out of control teens that were also sent to boot camps, which like, yeah, I'm cringing now, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Confronting yeah. formal bullies. Okay, fine. Makeovers. But it's even like Wikipedia article says makeovers for people with who had individuality which is true because I started watching clips a few weeks ago and it was such a bummer. And I was like, I don't know that like, cause it'd be like, you know, from goth to hot or something or like, oh, and they also, no. this is actually my favorite part of the show. They, they made these um, show titles, like they would rhyme. So it'd say like, you may shake it for money, but leave those sexy clothes at the club, honey. And that was like the title. That was like a makeover episode for like is, people who are like exotic dancers, uh, you know, like sex workers that trans. Yeah. Yeah. That is a Leslie Nope headline. Yes. Yep. For Shauna Molly Tweep that I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, okay. As a kid, I loved this. Like, I always wanted to watch the makeovers. They were so fun. You know, like, they'd have, like, bikers, goths, club kids. And then they – but, like, I watched them recently, and I was like, God, they look ugly now. And, like, it was so funny because they really kind of, like, rip away their personalities. And you're like, oh, that's a bummer. But although there was, like, one biker that I was like, ew, he looks rough. And then they put him in, like, a, like a tuxedo. And I was like, dang. Okay. <laughs> but, but like, it's, it's kind of shitty, Bye. like, you know, to reflect okay. now. <laughs> yeah, they also had, like, you know – different stuff that like was good or like funny like celebrity impersonators whatever but like back in the day I liked the ones that now I think are cringy also this thing that I didn't remember they had bands playing like Usher, Ludacris, Nelly, 3-6 Mafia and I'm like I do not recall this at all this is like completely not in my memory I wonder if I didn't care about it as a kid or what but like anyways okay so the ratings climbed it climbed so much. They even had this guy on named Rude Jude. And I don't know if you know, but he's like on Eminem's network now as like a, t- uh, like a show host. And he was actually referenced in one of Eminem's songs, Drug Ballad. It's like 17, later, 17 years later, and I'm as rude as Jude. And I was like, oh my God, I never understood that lyric because I never connected Rude Jude to Eminem ever. There are more and more and more and more times that I realize rappers are goddamn wordsmiths Uh like not the you know faux that pete davidson timothy chalamet like eat skirts Uh like not those individuals but like like that is some goddamn poetry Uh well Uh done no i mean mean, eminem i can talk about him later but like there's like some really good even some like his new stuff that he came out what was that song called the most recent one that's really popular it was so good and i loved it and actually okay whatever i'll tell you later i'll give a recommendation anyways so there was this episode where crushes were able to reveal themselves so on march 6 1995 this guy named scott amander a-m-e D-U-R-E. So he went on there and he was saying that he was a secret admirer to this man named Jonathan Schmitz who lived near him. I think they were in a trailer park. Um, so Schmitz comes on the show and he stated that like later he didn't know that a man was an option. He said that the show producers implied that his admirer was a woman. Um, although they say like, no, they did not say that. Um, so during this segment, the Scott was like encouraged by Jones, like, I was listening to it. You can actually watch the clip. It's so depressing. It never actually aired on national TV, but they played it on like two different crime shows, including the one I referenced from Netflix. Um, but it's like, it's really I think sad. I remember because, this case. Yeah. It's really sad because like you, it's like he kind of, she encourages him to talk about sexual fantasies, but you can like tell that he's like reluctantly sharing. Like he didn't go on the show, I think, to embarrass the other guy. Like I think he was like really hoping like maybe he would like reveal this and would be a cute thing and like whatever. Like he really seemed like really eager and sweet. Like, I don't know. 
you know, and even if he was trying to embarrass the other guy, like I'm not validating anything, but like it, it really broke my heart, like watching him. He's like kind of like embarrassed, like talking about his fantasy. And she's like, well, tell us more about your fantasy. And he's like, ha, ah, here, here's my little fantasy. And like, uh... um, yeah. So then they bring the other guy um, on stage, um, Jonathan Schmidt. Sorry, I was like, I'm going to say the other. So Scott is the one who's saying that he is an admirer of Jonathan. So Jonathan comes on stage. He's like, oh, okay. He like hugs him. Um, and there's like a woman, like a mutual friend. And they're like, oh, did you think it was the woman? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, oh, actually, it's not. It's Scott. Um, and he's like, okay. And then he basically says, um, I'm completely heterosexual. And, he, and he's kind of like forcing a laugh. But like, he doesn't look angry. He's just kind of like... Haha, uh-huh, like I'm not gay. Thanks. So he actually like gives him like kind of an awkward hug when he comes on stage. So, like it didn't can feel. You, can you just like imagine that for a second? Like putting yourself in that guy's shoes. Like, and I don't remember how exactly this turns the corner, but like, oh my God. Like, ugh. A national it's television, too. It's so cringy. It's super ugh. cringy. Because I also think of just like the time, like, I'm like, you know, did they know that they could be putting people in danger by doing this too? You know, because like now I think it's a different time. And like now we right. never do this, I think, because all of this stuff is really distasteful and I don't know, tone deaf. Just it's sad. But like, I, I don't know, because now, okay, let me tell you what happened. So, so a friend later states that the two of the guys actually went home and went out drinking together and had an alleged sexual encounter. But uh, this comes out in a trial later. Um, it's said that Scott leaves a suggestive note at Jonathan's house. And after he finds the note, he withdrew money from a bank, purchased a shotgun. And then he went to, um, Scott's mobile home. And he basically mm-hmm. said, did you write the note? And he said, yes, I did. So Jonathan goes to his car, got the gun and he shoots him twice in the chest and kills him. Um, he actually leaves, calls 911 and confesses to killing. And he says, I shot him because he played a very fucking bad thing on me. He took me on Jenny Jones. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, honestly, I think we've talked about this before, too, with true crime. You know, it's it's super interesting and exciting, but, like, it's really hard when you watch like a video of somebody being like happy and uh, and like eager and like sweet. And then you imagine them being murdered later. And, you know, I think even having a baby, I got really, I stepped away from true crime for the last few months. I haven't like even listened to podcasts or watched anything on TV because even when I was like in the Poconos, I was like really paranoid. I was like, is someone going to break in and like kill us? Like I keep thinking mm-hmm. about like the night stalker and I watched that documentary while I was pregnant. Didn't scare me then at all. But now I'm like, I have something I really want to protect. And I'm like, I can't even imagine like somebody hurting her. And then I start feeling like I look through this lens differently too. Like, and I've always seen people, you know, as victims, Mm -hmm. I've always thought it was like atrocious, but it's like, Oh, that's so sad to be vulnerable and, you know, kind of eager and happy. And then it gets crushed. And I actually almost feel bad for like the other guy who, like, I think was eventually quoted as homophobic. So I don't want to pretend or even suggest that I would ever defend his actions. But Mm -hmm. I do think like, I think there is a chance he was like misled and like he didn't know what to do with that, you know. And what year was this again? Bad for everybody. Um, the year was I don't want to say it's two thousand and three. Hold on, let me scroll up. No, no, it was nineteen ninety five. So it's even worse. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, and I mean, I, I really want to be really careful. Like, I don't have like a ton of pity for like Jonathan, but I do think at the time, no, that would no, have no, been no. horrifying. right and that's the hard thing because we have the lens of today looking back on the lens of then but like we do know now that apples and oranges in comparison still similar but much less tolerated and i'm imagining if this is a person who has that heteronormity um you know Ah, Although also did he have some self-hate because, yeah, and it was the homophobia from the place of self-hate. And I know this is like an alleged sexual encounter too, but to have like, if you were kind of struggling with something privately, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I think society was like, don't be gay, it's wrong, whatever. We don't support 
these groups of people and maybe then this person came on and like that also could be feel very revealing but again like I never ever want to pretend like I would defend this person because what he did was like atrocious and I there is oh, only one true sure. victim here but I do go uh, and also it's, it seems like he had a history of mental illness and also possibly drug addiction. So I don't think that he was the most stable of individual, like even at the defense, at, at this trial and sentencing, I they argue that he had manic depression, quote, quote, okay. unquote, and Graves disease. Cause I do wonder too, like we talk about triggers and prompts, like, do we feel like Jenny Jones's actions or the show's actions led to yeah this happening sure. which sure. i i would agree sure. with that like for sure and actually so like but they also tried to do this gay panic defense fuck like, off yeah, <laughs> sorry yeah, not you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no she can't hear you anyways but also i was there's a literally a video of me being like fuck something and i'm holding the baby and alex was like i'm sending this to everybody and i was like that's do fucking it. right do naomi it. yeah 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 she doesn't care she doesn't talk <laughs> She's sleeping in my arms right now. I don't know if you can see her. She's oh no, I can see her. She's very yeah. cute. Like I think I see her more than you to be honest. <laughs> oh really? Okay, that's good because I'm disgusting. Okay, so anyway, so trial and sentencing. No, I'm just like lazy. It's kind of like you were talking about. Yeah, I can get my hair, my my nails done. So I'm like, I, I actually cut all my hair off. Um, but I'm also like at this point where like. I'm just not like changing clothes unless I leave the house for something. <laughs> like all of this stuff now. So whatever. Oh, you're a new mom. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. So he tries to do this gay panic defense. They don't go for it. He's found guilty of second degree murder in 1996. He's sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. His conviction was actually overturned on appeal. But then on retrial, he was found guilty um, and he was resentenced. He was resentenced. He was actually released from prison August 22nd, 2017. At the age of 47, he served 22 years. Um, yeah. And then his family actually not his family, Scott's family went on to sue the Jenny Jones show, Telepictures and Warner Brothers for the ambush tactics. And they also said that they felt like they, yeah, yeah, basically. So, so they originally, they won and then it was eventually overturned by the Michigan court of appeals in a two to one decision. Um, and it says, despite the show's cruel sensationalism and surprise tactics, it had no du duty to anticipate and prevent the act of murder. So they never received any compensation for his death. Which, okay, so like, yeah, do they have, I don't think like this show is like, they should have anticipated, but I would say like, did you know that you were playing around with something kind of risky that could have hurt people? Yeah, I'm sure they did. And and also, I, and especially if they possibly got the impression like, betting the guy do you anticipate it being a woman like do, you know what I mean like yeah I, uh, that's that's a slippery slope right and, there it honestly like even kind of gets like worse because some of this other stuff comes out so like so the gen the general manager of um CBS affiliate station KHSL um they removed the Johnny Jones show and he, and so like this guy Dino Corbin he claimed that it, it was um not because of the murder but because mm -hmm. of perceived constant objectionable material and then in parentheses you want to know what this fucking says oh tell me one show involving a transgender dating search that khsl refused to air so he's nice. like oh we didn't actually like change anything about the show because somebody got murdered we're changing it because there's like this unsavory stuff um you know including transgender people transgender people yeah so like I the whole thing like really made this whole thing sad for me I was like oh I used to love Jenny Jones that was like a fun memory and now I'm like oh man people got hurt and all of this gross stuff happened and also like my adult reflection of it is now oh sad they like really treated people badly and pretended like being an individual was a bad thing and yeah so but also how so 90s here's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Yeah. But so the show's ratings dropped after that. And they think it's because they kind of like sanitized some of it. Um, like it was less sensational. And I think it's probably because of what happened. Um, also, it like made me not like Jenny Jones as much because I like went on a little deep dive with her. And I don't even have this in my notes. But like, she basically the trial was like, we're not responsible at all. Like, I don't think whatever. And I'm like, okay, I guess you're gonna defend like your livelihood. But like, 
it was just weird and I didn't like it. And I like, I looked at like, what's Jenny Jones doing now? And she actually donates like a lot of money to breast cancer research and like some other organizations. So that's cool. But she like has this like cooking website where she just cooks it's like Jenny Jones can cook or something or Jenny can cook.com. And a lot of it was like, like there's some cool bread recipes. I was like, okay, I don't mind this. But a lot of it felt like Midwestern food that your mom would make. And then she has like a whole section of like no butter recipes, which again, I'm like, my, this Midwestern mom from the 90s, it's like, cut out butter because it's bad for you and fattening. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so out of touch. And it just felt like another reflection <laughs> of her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and now we're back to food again. But, like, just this reflection of, like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And you probably had no idea what was going on in the show either and, like, how that impacted. Or you do know what was going on and you do know how – what you did impacted the lives of these people and you don't care. And like, they're both bad. Like, you know, ignorance is not a good excuse, but also being like actually malicious, also not a good excuse. <sighs> yeah. So that's my thing. And I mean, I think so like my social work perspective was like, <laughs> how do you ruin your childhood memories? Go back and listen to them, watch them, reflect on them. And then you go, Oh, this was oh, not shit. benign and nice. This was like awful and treated people poorly and people actually genuinely suffered. And I even think about like those kids that were sent to boot camps to put on national television, like, how are they doing? Or like, well, that's like Paris Hilton's whole thing right now. Right. Like the whole, yeah. um, breaking code silence. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what a yeah. wild time. There are times where I think back on childhood. Actually, when was it? I, I was talking to Adam about this recently. Um, about how like when I oh I, I got sour punch straws again. Food, right? So when I was a kid, my brother played baseball, and if I was like quote unquote good, I would get sour punch straws from the snack shack. But I was bored. It was baseball. I didn't give a shit. So I like walked around and did my own thing for like an hour and a half, two hours. I was thinking about it because I would go there were two levels, like two, like up the hill, down the hill kind of style. And then there was like a park and there was a playground. And I'm like, I was thinking back on it and I would do this by myself. Like, I was like, I definitely should have been kidnapped. Like there is no doubt in my mind. Like, Oh, you know, like between the ages of like seven and 12, like easily should have been kidnapped. Mm. Um, I moved out of Minneapolis when I was like seven or something and I used to go like bike around so under the yes. age of seven in like a major city just like yeah. bobbing Boop-a-doo. around like yeah wild yeah, isn't that wild what what is happening <laughs> yeah you know, I'm like I don't want anyone like looking at my child until she's 25 like <laughs> I'm gonna yeah like, don't look at her don't you're not gonna her. be don't alone yeah <laughs> yeah no, no. and and uh, oh, because well, I don't want to be like I'm not suggesting a sexist thing. Like if she was a boy, it'd be the same thing. I'm like, don't anybody no. come near my baby. I will end you. Done. I'm yeah. Immediately to jail. Mm-hmm. Right to jail. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of interesting because I'm gonna shift gears into my case, which does talk about kids and families. You know, my favorite content uh, topic. Yeah. It makes me so sad. I'm like, so I'm going to buy like a security system for my house. And then I'm like, oh, this is so like white flighty. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh. that, like, yeah. No, 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 no. Security systems are awesome. Recommend 10 out of 10. I've already told Adam we are souping up a house if and when we buy a house after this like goddamn like market nonsense yeah. kind of settles the fuck down. Um, no, no. I'm I'm getting like window things like door things yeah. like oh no 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 so we're not paranoia. I don't trust fucking anybody everyone okay. is, a, is a potential suspect to me and I'm like yep <gasps> let's talk about potential suspects let's okay. talk about families right. let's right. talk about that because I don't know why that world fascinates me so much and funny or not um funny I was actually going to do this one initially and then I thought it was a little too dark and then I was going to shift gears into something else a different kind of pop culture rigmarole. And I was like, mm, I don't like this one as much. So I circled back. So literally I was up. <laughs> it's uh, what? One o'clock today on Monday. Yeah. I was up until like 4 a.m. doing this because I was just like, oh I got so into tertiary things about this and just like subsequent topics about it. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this wild case that I don't think I've actually heard anyone cover. I've just, I just stumbled on it. Like trip, fall, fall on my face, stumbled on it, 
totally up my alley. And I was like, oh shit, where, where have you been all my life? So. Oh my God. Also, I was like, okay, sorry. As you're talking, I'm like, is this about a child murder? And is that mm-hmm. less sad than no. mine? Okay, cool. Okay. No <laughs> murder. No murder in this one. No murder. You bitch. You were like, if, mine's less sad. It's just a whole family. Family. It's just yeah, a whole family. Again. Yeah. It's sad in a different way. And I mean, they're um, all sad, right? Yeah, yeah, they're sad. Right, yeah, right. No, I'm, I accept that with our true crime podcast. I'm just in like a different. There is you know. no homicide. How about that? Okay. It's all sad. Even without homicide, there are things that are worse than death. <laughs> but anyways. Okay, so here are my sources. Um, Vice, Nature, Wikipedia. Nature. Uh, yeah, because I will talk about that. Um, New Zealand Herald, YouTube um, channel, Mrs. True Crime, jrank.org, Psychology Today, Good Therapy, News.com AU, YouTube of the Soft White Underbelly. That was actually an amazing resource. Um, Rain.org, S-I-A-W-S-O.org, Cambridge.org, OJP.gov. Those are my sources. Um, I short linked a lot of them for you, Chris, because they were taking up a lot of my space, my page, but they are, the link is in there. I just it's like, okay. Shh. I want to update that website link a year. I need to do it. It's like, I, I cause if we're going to keep doing the podcast, I want to do it right. I want those reference or like those, um, resources those references. references. Well, seriously, you know, like I don't want people to think like, you know, I, I think other podcasts have gotten in trouble for like being like, oh, right. we did this research. And it's like, no, you fucking no, no, did no, no, write no, an no. article. We're reading articles, you know? So I, I always want that available to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I said I have time now, but I don't have that much time. Like, <laughs> no, agreed. Same. It's not that, it's not that kind of no, thing. No, no, no. Um, all right. So here we go. Just to paint the scene. Paint yeah. the scene in our brain. I'm ready. In oh my God. Time. Sorry. Okay. Also, I don't know if we're going to do it this episode, but murders in the building, you had posted about it. I'm only on like, I think the fourth or fifth episode, but at first I was like, what do people like about this? And now I'm like, so invested. And I'm like, yes. I want to investigate a murder and have a yes. podcast like yes. that. But it's okay. so yeah, cute. Okay. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Maybe uh, next episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so just to paint our scene, we are in early June of 2012 in New South Wales. So Australia, and we are kind of viewing New South Wales Police and Community Services members. They drove out to a remote area, which is about three and a half hours southwest of Sydney, to follow up on a report about kids missing school. Okay, when the team got there, they found an encampment of two caravans, two sheds with like they were a big shed and a little shed, um, but they had tents in there, cots. Okay. We've talked about this. If this is ever happening, this shouldn't be happening. If you're a neighbor and you see this, call the police immediately. Please How add. many people have we found that have been like, wasn't it Elizabeth Smart and then Jane, what's her name? Duggard? What's her name? Jane. Yes, J.C. Duggar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Um, right? J.C. Duggar? Yes. Great. Um, they, these people, they, they knew what they were doing. So they, and they were yeah. like bush, like space and time and distance and no okay. outsiders um bah, 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 bah. and so they had all this on the property which housed about 40 people in total including 12 children under age 16 all the individuals living there had no running water no electricity no sewage how uh, oh, uh, oh, uh. <laughs> so the children on the site were filthy. They were afraid of strangers. There was uh, medical complications, things like that. Um, as police and welfare team were assessing the camp, it was discovered that many of the children were deaf, blind, mentally disabled, or physically deformed. It was later discovered by DNA tests that only one of the children wasn't directly related, while the rest were offspring of a brother and sister who first procreated in New Zealand some 60 years back. Oh my God. So I am covering the case of the Colt incest clan. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm, I can't. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh so just a note, just a note, and I'm not going to go deep, deep, deep into the details because I feel like that's just, you get the picture. I don't need to do that. Um, but just as a note, the family members' true identities remain unknown to the public. They've remained unknown to this day. Um, the name Colt is actually a pseudonym that was given and used by the New South Wales Court and Government Agency. And also the the first names are the family given names, all pseudonyms. Even the pictures I looked at, blurred faces, they tried really hard to keep these fam- this family out of the public eye. Okay, so just a timeline. We have June 
who was born in 1948, and Tim Colt, who was born in 1943, and they were originally from New Zealand. June, who was the product of brother-sister incest, um, they she married Tim in 1966, and they kept putting like quotes around the word married. I don't know what exactly that meant. I tried to do a little more digging. I wasn't sure if that meant they were brothers and sisters as well, or <sighs> if Tim was somebody else outside the family. But the this couple, is why you did this for Halloween. I'm just like in my head. I'm like, this is a nightmare. Like it, this, is- this is a motherfucking nightmare. Like <sighs> buckle up. This is not fun. However, my perspective, I think, is what I want us to focus more attention we'll end on. And so, then on, that's good. But this is our Halloween episode, so I'll be like, what a nice horror story for us to so come back on the air with. Grab your Brock's candy corn. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> and buckle in. Stop Put interrupting me, Chris. Sweatshirt Go on. on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. So the couple had seven kids together. They had Martha. So there are a couple names I'm going to flag for the play. Um, Martha is one I want you to flag. Frank. Paula, Cherry, Rhonda, Betty. Betty's another name I want you to flag. And Charlie, another name I want you to flag. Not Cherry. There is a Cherry and there is a Charlie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, these are not their real names. These I know, are got it. So how do they come up with Cherry randomly? Is it a popular Australian name? Okay, anyway, I, sorry, I go don't. on. So this family moved from New Zealand originally, so they popped from New Zealand over to um, Victoria in the 1970s. And this family is nomadic. Like they, they know what they're doing. Let me just, they are aware. They're not, they're not like insight is present. Let me just put it that way. So Tim actually started to assault Betty, father, daughter, um, at the age of 12. And Betty... I know it's scary. I know. And Betty actually had her first child at the age of 16. In 1997, Betty wanted to know if June, mother, could donate a kidney to her granddaughter. And she discovered that her mother, June's parents, were actually brothers and sisters. So they actually couldn't, she couldn't actually um, donate a kidney to the kid at that time. Wait, why? Okay, sorry. My baby has woken up because she's been in my lap sleeping. But, like, wait. So, she couldn't because she was the – like, what? So, basically, they found like out this bombshell. Okay. Correct, correct. Because we're already looking at one, two, three, maybe four generations of incest. Like, it, it's – that's going to mess with – like, I, from what I understood, the idea of the family donating a kidney, um, the – medical procedure that they came back to test things were like oh you actually should not be doing that like that's a bad call i wonder why like i wonder like wouldn't it be better if they were just, sorry i don't know i, I know, i'm sorry know. go on i don't know i'm not a so geneticist the, okay right 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 so the family nearly so the family grew to nearly 40 members ranging from grandparents to mothers fathers sons daughters aunts uncles nephews brothers and sisters is it all incest yes all of them are engaging in various forms of incest. And in order to hide the pregnancies, the girls would sometimes, and I apologize to the group out here, um, the quote was miscarry on the farm. I searched for what that would mean. My impression was that they would physically hurt the girls to kind of um, encourage a miscarriage. And fathers so when people ask like who is your father where is your father it was attributed to outsiders from outside australia coming to the country for work or tourism so they tried really hard to say like we don't know um so my screen just did something weird can you see me okay i can see you yeah okay cool so they tried to keep this very under wraps like if anyone was to ask like who's your dad? They would say, oh, it's somebody, it was a tourist, or oh, it was a migrant worker, or oh, it was somebody else. Um, even though the family knew, like, who their direct lineage probably was, they, mum was the word, secrecy, shame, do not talk outside the family. Like I mentioned earlier, many of the children suffered from deformities, medical problems, such as fungal infections, dental decay, genetic abnormalities, congenital problems, um, including chronic kidney failure, acute glycoma, and heart conditions, and behavioral problems. It was actually reported that some children actually engaged in torturing animals as a pastime. So starting from the 1990s, the family was known to frequently relocate from South Australia, Western Australia, and Victoria before locals became suspicious of their activities. 
Their school, the kids' school attendance was limited and happened only when welfare officers visited the family. And when the kids were actually in school, they needed a lot of remedial education and teaching. Like, I think a lot of them were under a third grade level. Like, the older kids were under third grade. Some of the younger ones, you know, very minimal contact with, you know, commonplace things like toilet paper, toothbrushes. They were like, what is that? What's that all about? Um, Bathing, hygiene very unknown to the kids. So it not, not good. So after the death of June in 2001 and Tim in 2009, Betty took kind of control of the family. So Betty and her younger brother, Charlie had 12 kids together and the family actually received multiple social security payments, including disability and family support from the government. So a lot of people were like, how did, how did this happen? Like, how did, how did somebody not like red flag this like earlier to say like, Hey, what, what's going on here? Like we're noticing these physical deformalities. We're noticing these behavioral issues. Like what, what's the deal? So knowledge of the family came to the authorities in June, 2010. So there was like a little bit more of a, like a, Hey, pay attention to this. What, which led to seven risk of significant harm reports However, an official investigation was not opened until July 2012 when a child reported overhearing another kid at primary school or elementary school talking about an unkempt girl living in the bush, which I guess was like in the country area. Um, and the child overheard the girl and girl in the bush state that one of her sisters was pregnant and they didn't know which of her brothers was the father. So that really set oh off this like God. something is wrong, something oh. is up, like what is going on here? So that report triggered investigations, engagement with the community um, authorities, bringing everybody in. So over the next year, police actually tracked down the family after obtaining understanding of the living conditions of the family's encampment and put several children in foster care, including Bobby, who was Betty's son with a younger brother, and Billy, Betty's son with her older son. Police actually charged the adult members of the family with incest and child neglect. Betty Call legally disputed the charges and attempted to regain custody. She she actually was on record saying to the kids, like, if you're in foster care, walk out. They can't put their hands on you. If they do try to put their hands on you, charge them with assault. Like, you can leave, leave, come home, basically. And after tracking the cell phone activity of Betty, police discovered messages with sexual and suggestive content sent to her son, Bobby. Oh, my God. And she and Bobby had made plans to abduct Billy from foster care. Genetic testing showed that Bobby was the product of incest between Betty and a father or full, full brother. Because, again, they were very much like, we didn't do this. You don't know what you're talking about. Mom's the word. Don't talk about it. Shame. So the court findings, the children of court of New South Wales permanently removed the children. In the court's findings, the neglect of the children and genetic evidence were viewed as dispo, um, dispositive in the matter. The court held that there is no realistic possibility of restoration of any of the children to their biological family. So they were like, absolutely not. Shut it down. No way on God's great earth. Um, and the elders of the family repeatedly denied any cases of incest and still steadfastly maintained that unrelated men were the children of the children's fathers. And they're like, no, no, <laughs> that's it. That's you are the father. <laughs> like, they needed some Maury, some Jerry, like, to come in and be like, mm -hmm. no, like, I need you to get this through your skull. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> uh. Come along for the ride. You're not going to like it, but buckle up. Come on. So, God, a number of the, there was a number of attempts by the elder family members, like I mentioned, to reestablish connection with youngers had been blocked by the courts. Um, yeah, they were very much like, ah, come back. And the older kids, they were like, there's not much we can do. Like you wrote the age of 18, like we can't legally, but the kids, the younger ones, they were like, absolutely not. No way. So while in care, the children started off by often displaying sexual behaviors, whether between themselves or with caretakers, although those habits did fade over time. Like with corrective um, support of therapeutic interventions, that behavior started to diminish and um, extinguish. So that was good. good. Oh, my God. 
The Australian police actually attempted to deport Betty back to New Zealand after completion of her sentence, but Betty, Betty fought the deportation. She was released from the deportation center in November of 2015, and she now resides in South Australia with her daughter and at least two other male relatives. And just as a note, this was just like the fuckery. Um, <laughs> in 2018, Betty Colt posted on Facebook a picture of herself with two family, like two relatives with a superimposed message declaring love makes a family. And people were like, fuck you. <laughs> Wait, so we know who she is. So people like she's on Facebook. She is active, but like the courts, the, um, news outlets don't say like, this is Jane Smith. Like, so how do I find her? Betty Colt? But that's a pseudonym. So like, we don't, so, you know, you know me, I like to Google things. I know you do. And for my own sanity, I actually have a picture of the family tree because they're just, it's, it's wild. So there is actually one child that I'm looking at on this, this genealogy tree Mm -hmm. that there isn't a um, marker saying parents are closely related or parents are related, but all the other kids, oh, I'm sorry, two, but one actually was deceased, so they probably didn't test it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. So twenty-six out of twenty-seven, twenty-eight were either close parents had close were closely related or parents are related. So all of them. Almost all of them, I should say. So I see, I see this family tree too. And yeah. Betty had how many kids? One, two, three, four, six, mm-hmm. seven. Sixteen? Does one, she have sixteen kids? Five, yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I think she had thirteen. 15. And then Tammy had one, two, three, and then Dwayne had one. Oh my god. Right. So, like I said, I'm that's that's it. That's where I'm closing my book on that family. If you want to do more, you can. You're an adult, and if you aren't an adult, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> um, please escort yourself out. But here's my perspective, because this was a bit of a mental kind of grappling for me, because I was just like, wow. We talk about sexual assault. We talk about rapes. We talk about this happening, right? But a lot of times we don't actually categorize it in this way. You know what I mean? Like incest-based sexual assault, which I was reading articles and paper and data about it because that's where I got like sucked in. And it was interesting to see how – I'm going to put common in quotes around this. It actually is. So here's my social work perspective. Incest is actually not that uncommon, according to Julie Agnoff, a Queensland psychologist who worked with family and family traumas and child abuse cases. And in times across the world, cases like this are ones that are not unheard of either. It's only because victims are so reluctant to come forward that we think they're rare. And some children may not report incest because the abuser has threatened them or told them what them ha- what is happening is normal. They may also feel embarrassed and ashamed and unsure of who to tell. Uh, Many people believe. And these are the people you have to trust. Right. You, you think about that. Your parents, yeah. if they're doing this to you, your How siblings. Would you, know you wouldn't know anybody wouldn't either. Know right? Any, no. right. You wouldn't know anything, anything different unless it is in your face. Like that is different. That is weird. That is uncommon. So, yeah. So many people believe incest is rare, perhaps like we talked about because it's not that reported, but studies results show incest to be much more common than it actually is assumed to be. So Here, my baby, sorry. I she, love it. Like, so she hears me talking. She's like, what are you doing? Here are some statistics. An Australian Bureau of Statistic report from 2004 found that two in five sexual assaults were perpetrated by a family member, right? We think about that. You know that, like, Yeah. This was by a family member. This is by a family member. But we don't ever actually, like, throw that additional layer to it. Like, that is incest. Like, that is an incestual specific You're right. You're right. And honestly, like, even after having a baby, I'm like, who can we trust? And Alex is like, everybody. And I'm like, nobody. Nobody. Nobody gets a baby. (laughs) That's the correct answer here, Alex. 
nobody. Like, and I've actually thought about that too, because, you know, like we even had a daycare near us that recently got in trouble because one of the people um, working there, he assaulted at least two of the kids. And it's like, yeah, if you're little, like, how do you tell on that? And how do they find out? And like, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Go on, go on. You're right. That layer of incest is never put on, but like also people are awful. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that's what I want us to keep plugging in. So in America, approximately 44% of rape victims under the age of 18 when assaulted um, are under the age of 18 when assaulted. And over a third of perpetrators in those cases are family members. The statistics on incest are extremely difficult to pinpoint because most cases of incest are never reported due to the intense level of shame associated with this type of sexual abuse. And aside from the misdirected shame that victims of incest often feel, there's an increased pressure to keep it a secret because of fear of disrupting the family dynamic or experiencing blame or anger from other family members. However, it's believed that the most common form of incest happens between older male relatives and younger females. Um, I did find uh, there were a couple of, um, psychologists out in the field, researchers out in the field who are actually profiling different, um, types of offenders. Um, and in a study found funded by the, a grant by the actual national center of child abuse and neglect, researchers actually identified five distinct types of incestuous fathers. Um, so there's the sexually preoccupied adolescent regressive instrumental sexual gratifiers, emotionally dependent offenders, and angry retaliators. I'm not going to go into the details on those. I just want people to be aware there are differences. Just like anything, there are different reasons and motivators for why people do what they do. Does that mean I'm excusing it? No. Does it mean I'm validating it? Absolutely not. But I do want us to be aware that it's not always if X and Y, it's black and white, right? Just like this, how... When's the last time you heard of a case like this where, like, a father assaulted a daughter and we labeled it as, like, it's an incest-inspired or incest-suspected rape? Like, we don't. So we should keep in mind that offenders may not typically present in one type of style, and most offenders are a combination of one or more types. And the typology helps us to foster better understanding of the motives for abuse and may better enable treatment for incest perpetrators. Because that's the other thing, too, and I will talk about it, but... That's the rabbit hole I went down was I listened to so many um, sexual offender interviews. Very fascinating how I think I think I listened to six or seven. Six of them reported that a family member had abused them first. And it led to I don't want to say led to because that has that causal nature to it. It was one of the factors related to correct, correct, correct. Correct, 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 correct. Yes. So, and it's interesting how they kind of talked about their different motivations and ways for abuse and what that meant to them and what was going on there. So, and it was interesting because I listened to one female um, sexual offender, a bunch of male sexual offenders, and just their relationship with the process, with treatment. I would say a good 50% of them actually said treatment was very, very helpful for them. Um, in regards to offense in the future, but also drilling with their own past trauma. So a couple of them actually said, like, no, like, if you work the program, you can actually, like, get some support. It's and so hard, though, because, like, right. we know that the, we know that sexual offenders have very high rates of reoffending. Right. And my social work perspective is like everybody deserves a chance. I hope people can heal. Like also like if you grew up normalizing something or it's like, you know, a lot of us know if you're abused as a kid, you, you can be abusive as an adult or like kids that grew up being spanked, you know, as an adult, you're like, I'm going to spank my kids, even though the researchers don't do that. But like, we know that this group reoffends. So now as like a mom, I'm like, holy fuck, stay away from my kid. And, like, I know that these people exist and, like, you don't know who it is. And I'm also, like, it just – it feels like such a violation. I think society agrees with me, too. Like, you should not be hurting children. Like, they're innocent. And, like, it's right. the perspective that they're not hurting children because they're, like, oh, this is, like, consensual think, or – Right, 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 right. And I think that's why this case was fascinating for a couple of reasons to me. One was because of their insight to it. Like, they were like, it's fine. It's consensual. We've always done this. La, la, la. But then the awareness of it being wrong. So why why prompt your kids to say, don't talk about it, don't, like, lie? 
lie. Like if anybody asks, like, you know what you're doing is wrong. Like, or, or I mean, the other argument that they're probably thinking is like society thinks this is wrong, but this is a family. We feel like this is the right decision. And, but it was also like, this is what sick families do. This is like what people in alcoholic families, you know, drug addiction families abuse. It's like, you do not tell outsiders too. You don't tell outsiders, right? Yeah, exactly. Grooming behaviors, but like also these really sick boundaries of like, keep it in the family so everyone can stay sick and protect the family. Bingo. So as incest, certainly, obviously, don't feel like I need to go into that more detail, carries stigma. One that's deeply biological, and there is this kind of actually biological mechanism that is entrenched. So there is a couple of studies out there about this idea of like, "Mm, that's a sibling, that's a brother, Mm, turn that off, right? So American study by a cognitive psychologist, Dr. Lita Cosmedes, Cosmedes, C-O-S-M-I-D-E-S, in 2007, concluded that repulsion to incest is actually an instinct to deter us from having sex with family and products produce sick offspring. That's the other thing, right? These kids were having very tight bloodlines to the point that they were sick. They were ill. They were genetically deformed, like in so many ways that it was producing more and more sick offspring. So with when researchers asked 600 volunteers a series of ethical dilemmas, including questions about sex with siblings, the responses were universally negative, despite the fact that volunteers hadn't been told what the study was about. The deep repulsion that is what often allows the perpetrator to continue with so few questions asked. As Julie Agnoff explained, a little person I mentioned earlier, the shame of incest certainly helps pedophiles to avoid getting caught. Cases like this happen, but the victims don't report them. They're often just too ashamed. That's where I thought this was interesting with this case as well. There is one individual who was much more vocal about the fact that this was fucked up. Um, Petra, she was one of the children who was like, I was not with this. Like, I, I fought them. I kicked them. I ran. Like, I did. I was not, not with this. So... The other ones, I wasn't getting as much of a flavor of that, but Petra was one of the ones I saw in a couple different articles saying, like, this was not not okay. And actually, I think, if I remember correctly, I don't think I wrote it down, her case was one of the ones that she actually charged one of her um, uncles or brothers, I can't remember, for rape. And that was actually one of the charges that they did actually go after one of the family members for, um, in addition to the incestual charges, because she was like, uh-uh. So Good, good. So just a note, since sexual offender profiles and incest cases are obviously, I don't know why, I don't know why, it's such a fascinating topic to me, and I don't know why, but it is, because it's just so the, like, what are you? <laughs> um, I talked to you about how I listened to a few different sexual offender profiles, and like I said, it was striking how they reported was that on youtube um, where did you look that up yeah so this was called soft white underbelly it was on youtube and they had i want to say 30 or so sexual offender um interviews wow um a lot of them were between 10 and 15 minutes but some of them were like 45 minutes wow um really interesting really interesting profiles done on these individuals um So that's where I was saying with my new lens, this is making me realize that incest specific sexual assault and incest perpetrators are way more common than I think I had initially um, identified and labeled. And I think that's something that I want us to take away from a little bit more as well. Because I think when we say incest is like an extra layer of like, ah, but obviously they're still a victim too. And I think it just needs that extra awareness of like, hey, sensitive tender topics to be addressing um and just be mindful that that may be something you need to have a lens on a little bit more so and like i said i want to clarify that being a sexually assaulted or abused does not cause someone to sexually offend and a majority of individuals who are sexually abused or assaulted do not go on to commit abuse um, this was actually interesting to statistic I found. The General Accountings Office, or GAO, from the government um, reported between 7 and 26% of sexually abused children in these studies were found to be sexual offenders as adults. The GAO concluded that childhood sexual victimization is not, a su- is not sufficient by itself to explain adult sexual offending. So, yeah. like we talked about, just because someone factor, has been. But not, correct. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. Correct. If you think about it like a... a 
circle of all the men in the world and then you have a smaller circle and then it's a little bit more like a Venn diagram overlappy um just because someone has been sexually assaulted does not mean they were going to go ahead and offend and sometimes people who were never offended are still sexual predators so it's just something to be mindful of yeah so putting that lens out there I thought that was interesting I wanted to put that a little bit more on people's radar um and so there are resources out there so if this is like ringing a bell for you or someone you know about or something that's kind of popping up in your world you were talking about rain right yeah I like when you mentioned that earlier I was like that is such a great resource and like that's Mm -hmm. something that I I, like refer I I think I've used it as a source in here before but I mean it's also like excellent for for folks who are suffering or who have been yeah right hurt so R-A-I-N-N, the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network, R-A-I-N-N.org. They actually have a national sexual assault hotline that you can call. They can help guide you, give you support, resources, ideas, things like that, which is 800-656-H-O-P-E. So check them out. Really great resource. And then the other great resource I saw was Survivors of of Incest Anonymous. Um, And that group actually does it's it's smaller. It's a little bit more grassrooty, but they do have support groups that are open via Zoom. There are some local ones. I think I saw one that was like outside of Pittsburgh um, in Uniontown. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's interesting. And they have resources on their websites about how to recover. And because it does, it changes your relationships with yourself, with family members, others, peers, romantic relationships. So trying to rebuild and reframe what has been altered is really important for these folks. And I think that's just something to be mindful as social workers to have that additional lens if you are working with someone who is fitting that population. Um, So yeah, that's my perspective. That's my case. I will stand for questions, Your Honor. That was so interesting and so thorough. And I think you did such a fantastic job. Sorry, like some holding a sleeping baby. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk just at this level. And also, my anxiety last night was keeping me up all night. I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. And I hear myself going, wow, again. And I was like, how many times do I say, wow? Like, if we transcribe this, we'd just be going, wow, wow. Owen Wilson. You got to do it as Owen Wilson. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. Oh God, wait, is it Owen Wilson? Sorry, as an off note that I just read an article and it was like, Owen Wilson has like a love child with this person that he hasn't even seen. Nice. Yeah, I used to think he was so sweet, but he might actually be a scumbag. But anyways, anyways. Um, Scumbags our, abound. <laughs> yeah, seriously, everywhere. Is this our Halloween episode? I think yeah. this is our spooky, I think this is our spooky Halloween episode. Because you can't trust, can't trust. Honestly, and I wanted to do like a Halloween case. Yeah, I thought I about that too. I love Halloween yeah. so much that I'm like, yeah. the world is already scary enough. I don't need to spoil, you know, no. the small joy that our children of COVID get. Like, calm down. And I by know, children, I, I mean me. I am the child. I know, no, me too. I already went to a pumpkin patch with my baby. She was like, I don't know where I am, and it's hot out. And I was like, pumpkins. She's like, okay, whatever. And we bought pumpkins. We're going to carve them. Yep, I'm excited. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so we'll do a new episode eventually. I don't know if we're going to go back to weekly, but maybe uh, we'll do. No, no, no. This was a teaser. This is an amuse-bouche. This is a appetizer. Yeah. Uh, this is your Halloween spooky episode. That's it. Don't get excited. Chill out. Relax. Calm down. It, it's cool. But we'll definitely do some more. We just oh, have to take sure. it back on just... track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you and I were like, one right just one yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we can't commit to anything right this minute but Not maybe we'll, minute. we'll plan something in the next few weeks and we'll have another crime therapy and uh yeah yeah all right okay well, is this our time i think it's our time okay. bye bye